This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Been a hell of a week, man. Been a, been a tough one on all of you. Can't tell you how proud I am of each and every one of you. Coaches, players, staff, everybody stepped up. All three phases, man. Things we talked about. Offense, ran it for over 200. Threw it for over 200. Defense, shut 28 down, 77 yards rushing. Had to make a play on 17 at the end. What we do? Make a play at the end. Make a play at the end, man. Hey, hey, make a play at the end, man. Who goes hardest the longest, man? That's how this game is decided. The most physical football team won today. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Hey, Parks. Congrats, man. Yeah. Fired up. Let it go. Speech him up. All I got to say is not a single play work because of me. It's because of Let's you guys, man. Down, so. yes, we talked about it. Great way to, re- job, to respond to adversity. There we go. Week. There we go. That's what we're looking for. Sorry to cut you off, Parks. Hey, Michael. Uh, been a while since I saw you. A lot's happened. Uh, certainly a lot's yes, happened. Yes, yes, a lot has happened. Saw you. <laughs> yeah. Let me say this. Uh, I think what we're seeing in Indianapolis, what we saw yesterday, um, I think this is the best example of a phrase that we use often, that everybody uses often in conversation, in reasonable conversation, in nuanced conversation, which is that two things can be true at the same time. Uh-huh. First of all, congratulations yeah. to Jeff Saturday. Congratulations right. to Jim Ursay. Congratulations to the entire organization for beating the Raiders under difficult circumstances, circumstances of their own doing, okay? Um, That was a hard-fought win. That was a team win, as they say. Jeff Saturday, highest winning percentage in NFL history. He's off to a great start in his head coaching career. They earned that win. The Raiders, even though it doesn't look like it, those guys get paid too, as they say. And the Colts got what they deserved yesterday, and they deserve congratulations. Jeff Saturday could be a good coach. That was the first thing I said about him. He could turn out to be a good coach. And Jim Irsay could turn out to be right about Jeff Saturday. But to paraphrase Keith Sweat, who famously said there's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. Yeah, they could be right. And they could have gone about this the wrong way. I'm gonna say that again. Irsay could be right about Jeff Saturday, who could be good. And the Colts still went about this the wrong way. Okay, because nobody ever said I didn't see every show last week, Michael. I saw the highlights. Um, I know what I said. I know what I heard people say. Nobody ever said that Jeff Saturday was not a capable leader. Nobody ever said that he didn't know football. Nobody ever said that he didn't have credibility as a player. And nobody ever said that he could not be successful because that would be stupid to say what he could not do. Okay, because there's a lot of experienced coaches, including his counterpart yesterday, who suck. Okay, so nobody ever said any of those things. All, all anybody ever said, all anybody ever said was that this was insulting and disrespectful to the people in that industry who have worked tirelessly up the ladder to be a head coach. That's all anybody ever had a problem with. Nobody ever had a problem with Jeff Saturday personally. They just Everybody had a problem loves with Jeff Saturday. Saturday. Everybody loves Jeff Saturday. Everybody to loves know that. Jeff Saturday is to love him. Everybody I, I, loves I, Jeff Saturday. Exactly what I said last week. That's exactly what I said last week. That's what you said. Know him to love yeah. him. There you go. The process was what we hated. We only hated the process. I'll say this, Michael, as I pass it to you. Just so I don't. You're, you're a seven time New York Times bestselling author? Seven? Seven or eight? You know, I lose track, Mike. Who, no, no, who's no, counting? Who's six. counting? It's six. 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 Most, most of those books are about football, okay? Most yeah. of those books are about football. If you were hired to be the general manager of a football team today, what would people be saying about you? That's my dream job. I told you I'd leave today to be the general manager right. of an NFL team. I've been around football. I've covered football for 20 years. I've managed teams, fantasy teams. 
You know, I've managed teams before. I managed people. I'm a leader of men and women. If somebody gave me the dream job that I want today or tomorrow, what would they be saying about me? A lot worse than what they said about Jeff Saturday. I'll tell you that much. So that's all it yeah. was about was the process, not the person. Congratulations to the person, to the people who pulled out this win. Starting with Matt Ryan, continuing with Jonathan Taylor, all the coaches, all the players who stepped up and did their jobs yesterday. Congratulations. Maybe there's more where this came from, but I stand by everything I had to say about the yeah. process by which Jeff Saturday got this job. Yeah, the process. The process is weird, Mike. Or lack and thereof. I just want to. Or lack thereof. And and I mean, sorry. Can we go back to? <laughs> I need I need you and others to help me on just the process. Just a little thing that's bothering me. Just things that just kind of stick with me. I can't can't move on from this yet. Tell me again why Marcus Brady was fired. <laughs> I mean, like Marcus Brady was fired. I can understand why if you felt like you had to fire Frank Reich. All right, he's a head coach. But as far as I can see, only one assistant coach was fired. Only well, one assistant was fired. I'll, I'll, I'll answer right? it quickly. We're talking about an impulsive owner. Three people okay. got fired. Technically three people got fired. Frank Reich, Marcus I Brady. I, I don't remember. The, and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan got fired. Because it, it was like, no, I mean, so we don't want to pay him seventeen million dollars, Garrett. He didn't until it was he was conveniently rehired in order to put Jeff Saturday in the best position to succeed. Okay, so forget the and, seventeen okay, million right. guaranteed. Now That's we're gonna put we're gonna put the guy I we want to win thing. in position to succeed. So we said the same rehired. thing, like because I agree, I I agree. That's exactly what happened. That you know, Matt Ryan got Matt Ryan got sat down. He didn't get fired. Like a lot of people got sat yeah, down. A lot of people paid. got humbled. He was still getting paid. They didn't get fired. Yeah. Marcus Brady got fired. He probably doesn't have yeah. Colts he was the first NFL on his email anymore. Yeah. Whereas Matt Ryan, yeah. okay, hey, hey, put the hat on. You watch Sam Ellinger, even though you know, and everybody in the locker room knows you're better than he is. Hey, John Fox, you got sat down. You should be the interim coach. You're not. Uh, you know, other people. Hey, Gus Bradley, you should be the interim coach. You're not quarterback coach. You should be calling plays, but no, your assistant is calling plays. But Marcus Brady had to leave with Frank Reich, the right. only assistant who had to leave. That's just nuts right. to me. Anyway, uh, process. I don't understand. I agree with it, but I don't understand why Matt Ryan took the job over. He never should have lost the job to Sam Ellinger. But if that's what you were going to do, if you were going to say Matt Ryan gives us the best chance to win, you probably should have stuck with Frank Reich in the first place. You don't think Frank Reich would have won this game? I can tell you he would have. He sure would have. And Mike, you can say anything you want about your own credentials and the fantasy teams that you've managed and the men and women that you've led. You would have won this game too. You would have. Because this ain't about so, the Colts. This says this says more about the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. No, I listen. They got nothing well, to do with the Colts. I, but well, this, listen, okay, I'll give it right back to you. I just wanted to be fair because the Colts <laughs> okay. as an organization were the subject of much criticism last week. Yeah. And if Jeff Saturday would have shit the bed this week, best believe yeah. we collectively be shitting on him today. That's that's the truth of the matter. They got to win yeah. with very few Except people I ain't expected surprised. them to win. I called this last week. But having that, having that said, you're right. If there was ever a game to, to debut against, it was the Raiders. Hey, well, not just you. Just Saturday prophesied it. Remember his old tweet? Raiders are awful. Raiders are terrible. So if there was ever a game, it was this one. <laughs> it's a good time to come in. You know what? Hey, why did, why did Jim Irsay rush it? Hey, you got the Raiders on the schedule. Why not? And I don't know how much you want. I don't know how much you want to talk about them. But man, I go for Josh it. McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Look, it's I, I, I thought of this the other day. I thought of this the other day when the players like Devontae Adams said it and Derek Carr said it too. said, Oh, I love my coaches, but then they start tripping. They start talking about all this other stuff and said, No, no, this ain't about my coaches. I love my coaches. And I think both you said both things can be true. <laughs> Here it is. I think they love their coaches. I don't think they love their coaching. 
and that's what they say. We we love them as individuals. We don't love what they're giving us. And it's like I love all so God. I love all is, God's children. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. There's right. so much. Anytime, anytime your starting quarterback is up there pausing and crying, talking about things that are going on and you know how how pissed off he is, and it seems like it's being dramatic. But and, and I'm not criticizing reporters. I know it's tough in the moment. Seems like he's being dramatic, but he's not really saying anything. He's emoting, but he ain't saying nothing. Then that reflects on the head coach. Bill Belichick said a long time ago, and he told me, he said, look, when you're the head coach, every everything is brought to your desk and 75% of the stuff has nothing to do with you, but you're responsible for it. He said, it really has nothing to do with you, but they'll bring it to you. He said, if somebody, if the field, if something is wrong with the field right now, they'll come talk to me. He said, I don't know anything about the field, but they'll talk to me. If something goes wrong, like outside the stadium, I don't know anything about it, but they'll come to me. And so Josh McDaniels, it may not be your fault, but it probably is. It may not be your fault. When Devontae Adams but, is but going he's in front of the media saying somebody, somebody saying, said that somebody said that famously it's not, I, I'm not at fault, but I'm responsible. Oh, well, whoever said it is smart because that's what's going on with McDaniels and I keep checking sure and I'm not rooting for it. you know uh, look Mike, you know how I feel about Josh known him for a long time. Love Josh. I do. I love Josh. I keep checking every 20 minutes. I'm like, has it happened yet? It's it's going down. It's gonna happen. That is, it is gonna it's gonna happen for him. It may even happen before uh, their next game because it's just it, it, it. He has set himself up in a way where he didn't manage the expectations properly for the franchise. The owner somehow getting us to the next level. And what I would have said to him is. Hey, you know what, Mark? I know I can get you to the next level, but before you get to the next level, you have to take a couple steps back. I have mm. never heard of a franchise who can miss on first, second, and third round picks as consistently mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. as as your franchise did and survive it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, we we gonna take some steps back, but I promise you, we'll get there. It may not be in year one, but year two, year three, we'll be doing some things. So uh, he's gonna pay the price for some of his doing. And some from the previous administration. Well, a couple of things. I mean, listen, and it may not be this simple, but what I do know is Josh McDaniel started his head coaching career six and zero. Since then, he's seven and twenty-four. That's not okay. Fair. That's not fair. He's it's not seven fair. and twenty-four. You can't do that. Um, no, I, they they keep records, don't they? I know, I know we don't like wins and losses as a quarterback stat, but it's for damn sure a head coach stat. Okay. When, so, when, what year did he stop? What year did he stop coaching the Denver Broncos? What, well, well, no, that, but this is why this is why I said it may not be that simple, but that's it's a fact. Okay. That's facts, right. as the kids say. All right. He's seven and twenty-four in his last thirty-one games as a head coach. Listen, man, this head coach thing just may not be for him. Like, why is jo why can't Josh McDaniels be Ben McAdoo? Maybe they're the same person. Maybe Josh McDaniel just a damn good offensive coordinator who was blessed to be the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Maybe he was just in the right place at the right time. Maybe he hit the lottery. And that's what Josh McDaniels might. He just might not be a head coach. The, on the other hand, on the other hand, maybe he's not the right head coach for this franchise at this time. The blame in this situation to me falls upon the owner. The blame in this situation to me falls upon Mark Davis because you brought wow. Josh McDaniel in to potentially an untenable situation for anybody because you made the playoffs last year with an interim head coach who's not winning you any press conferences, who's not selling you any season tickets, who's not the winning the offseason, and the players, players loved him and they responded to him and they played for him. I don't know who needs to hear this. As a matter of fact, I do know who needs to hear this. David Tepper. David Tepper, if the Carolina Panthers, who I was just there in Carolina watching them beat the Falcons, if the Carolina Panthers keep responding to Steve Wilkes this way, look no further than Las Vegas for how you need to be mindful of wanting a sexy Sean Payton type hire when what you have in front of you is working just fine. 
consider the 80 20 rule. So Woo. Mark Davis had 80 percent of what he wanted. He had a he had a playoff team. He had a coach that was getting the players to play for, for him that they were they had the most adverse season in recent memory last year in Las Vegas and Rich Passaccia shepherded them through that. But you want the sexy guy. You want the guy with the Belichick tree. You want what should be forbidden fruit. Because if I'm if I'm an owner right now, I ain't hire, sorry, no disrespect. I ain't hiring nobody else from Bill Belichick's tree. That's poisonous fruit. <laughs> it ain't forbidden fruit. It's poisonous fruit. Okay. Been yeah. there, done that. Got the T-shirt. Nobody else gets serpent. a job from Bill Belichick's tree. They come to serpent up around there. No disrespect. Don't you want that I know a lot of those guys? Don't I like you want a lot it? of those guys. <laughs> Hell no. Let somebody else do that again. <laughs> no, but, I don't want that. In apple. fairness. In fairness, Michael, maybe Josh McDaniels needs more time. Okay, I'll ask you this as, as a preeminent uh, expert on all things New England Patriots dynasty. Maybe maybe Josh McDaniels is and, 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 the, and the 99 Patriots didn't make the playoffs, but maybe Josh McDaniels is to the 2022 Raiders what Bill Belichick was to the 2000 New England Patriots where he looked completely incompetent where a lot of people were trying to run him out of town when he went five and 11 as he was trying to put his stamp on the team and some people were resistant. I need to hear names from Devontae Adams and De- Derek Carr. You want to talk about some people don't take it as seriously. Some people haven't bought in yeah, name yeah. names. Yeah. And them dudes got to right. go. So Mark Davis got one or two choices. You can either eat this contract and go coach searching again, or you got to purge this roster and get Josh McDaniels his kind of players and set him up to succeed. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. And you talk about uh, the, the Patriots 99 to 2000. They did. Is that a fair comparison? That's a great comparison. You know why? Not now. They didn't make the playoffs in '99, but they won eight games. They had Pete Carroll, and they had Pete Carroll. They right? won yeah. eight and eight. They were yeah. eight and eight, and then they bring in a new guy, and the new guy is five and eleven. So you go mm-hmm. down three games. I'm like, hey, well, we won eight games last year. I thought you were supposed to be some great coach. And what he couldn't say, and what he couldn't say in New England was the same thing he couldn't say in Cleveland when he took over. Like when you take over, now. I always appreciate the guys who take over and don't want to tear up everything because mm-hmm. I wouldn't I, I, w- I would be like that too. I wouldn't tear up everything. You, you mean to tell me you inherited a situation that has no value. I find it hard to believe every mm-hmm. team has some pieces that even if you haven't won a championship, you better hold on to these guys because they're going to be a part. If you actually uh, make a championship, they're going to be a part of the, of the fabric. Got it. But what he couldn't say in Cleveland and what he couldn't say in New England is you gave me uh, a roster. You gave me a house with no floorboards. <laughs> Looks good on the outside, but I can't walk around here. I can't sleep in here. This place is a mess. And the reason, the reason I think uh, you uh, you were kind of unfair to Josh McDaniels, you oh. and our friend Brandon Marshall were unfair. Brandon Marshall, I don't know if you caught it. He said Josh McDaniels is incapable of leading men and getting people together and all that stuff. He was. He may have been incapable in 2010. Right. But here we are in 2022. A dozen years later, it's not the same problem. Maybe he just needs more time. It may not be the same problem. I I, I did say that, but I did say that. I said maybe he just has to put his... That's why I brought up the 2000. Maybe he can't coach, or maybe under these circumstances, He's just not set up to succeed mm. right now. But all I know is Jim Irsay looks really, really right today to bring this full circle when he said a lot of coaches with experience, they're terrible. Or oh, so, oh, some, oh, some way he said they that. have that fear. Because, I mean, he hey. went, got, maybe the Raiders should go hire Charles Woodson. I don't know. Maybe they go hire Rich Gannon because Jim Irsay clearly got it figured out. Whereas Mark Davis hey. did not. This is what you know. Can I tell you something real quick, though? Yeah. Love having you on the show, Mike. But oh, thank Jim Irsay said he loves players who don't have experience, people who don't have experience. So you think I can That's, be the GM? You need to write him. Reach out to your boy. Listen. Reach out to him. Listen. Chris, you want to get in Chris, football? I mean, you want to be the GM? I'll, I'll be Chris Ballard's assistant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, experience is bad. That's what he said. That's what I heard him say. Experience yeah. is bad. Go ahead and get that paper. Go ahead and get that job. Hey, well, you know, I still come on the show once in a while, as I do once now. Once in a while, I doubt <laughs> it. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Just the way my body, uh, how it went up, uh, him catching the ball in his hands, and me taking it from him. Um, I mean, the whole the whole play was was crazy. But um, you know, it, it starts with the O line. It starts with blocking, giving Kirk that time to, to give me, uh, you know, that that opportunity to go up and make a play. Um, but it, you know, it's just it's not me. Uh, this is a collective team win. Uh, so many people played so many different parts in this win. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's glad to be eight and one. It felt like it was unreal. It felt like a movie. Um, but just like I said, God is with us. Uh, you know, I, I told everybody, this is our season. This means this is our season for us to, to, to win out and uh, to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, we just got to keep work, uh, working, take on week by week, um, going out, fix our mistakes, and uh, get ready for the Cowboys. Okay, first and foremost, that might be the best grill I've ever seen. Not just from an NFL player at a press conference, but like in general. Is that the best catch you've ever seen? It is for me. Not to be a prisoner of the moment, but that's the best catch I've ever seen. Man. Okay, here's it. Okay. Conversation. First of all, let's just put the candidates up there. Let's put the okay. candidates up. And candidates. this is going to win. This is going to no, win because, need, because I'm going to tell you criteria. right now. Oh, wait, we need criteria. Best catch needs to be separated from most significant catch. Because those two things well, aren't necessarily I, the same thing. I think this is this is why this one wins, because it's both. <laughs> this one is both. It's a great catch. It's just a great catch out of context, in a vacuum. Look at it. Wow, he caught that? That's crazy. And then coming down with yeah. it, the way he came down yeah. perfectly, got the ball, and it's on fourth and 18. Are you kidding me? 18. Yeah. So here it is. Go ahead, run that thing. Run that thing. Look at that. Oh my God. It's, That's like reaching back for a rebound <laughs> and snagging. It's inexplicable. It. It, we, we know, we oh, know he caught I mean, some other passes. Don't worry about the other passes. Just show the one we care about. That's all great. Yeah, 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 he 193 keep, yards. Yeah, That's all great. He's a great yeah, receiver. Keep showing that one. Show the one play. We want to see the one play, put it on loop over and over again. Listen. Yeah, but I would say it, it, defies, I'd say, it defies the laws of physics, but it is the best. Why is it the best catch you've ever seen? So, uh, so great catch, but I'd say also on the list uh, really quickly, uh, OBJ, of course, OBJ, put him on the map. Monday Night Pickens football. had one this year that was phenomenal. Yeah, Thursday night. And yeah. I would say, uh, you know, there's some other ones. Mario Manningham, Julio Ty Jones, Tyree, Super Bowl. Of, co of course, Tyree. I would say this was the most improbable catch since David Tyree. And this yeah. one, because David Tyree had Rodney Harrison clubbing him, if I'm not mistaken, as he yeah. came down in the Super Bowl with a helmet with, with the with the ball using oh. his helmet. That was an interception. That was an interception. It's a bad ball. And, it's oh, a and, and he throw. Odell Beckham's it in spite of the fact he hit. <laughs> So this was two. This was two versus one. The DB had two hands on the ball. This is the oh, grown man. He to took it from and snatched it with Ooh. one hand as he's falling back. This is the, this is the craziest catch one. I've ever seen. Which one? The catch. It's another one. The one oh, that's called so the we catch. are. We are being prisoners of the moment. What? You know why? Which DeAndre one? Hopkins. What's better now? DeAndre Hopkins. End of the game. Yeah. Over two. Over two guys, right? Two guys, and he takes it from him and scores. Wait, I think to win the was game. It two, was it with two? Was it with two hands? I mean, this is with one hand going backward against his body. He's pirouetting in midair, going back. I mean, it's, it's, it's Odell Beckham plus. It's Odell Beckham that. on steroids. It's Odell Beckham. You keep come on. You're not supposed to catch that ball. That's that is the definition of a contested yeah. catch. Best catch ever. Best catch ever, but check it out. Except, 
Z Mac, but Lewis helped him though. It's not, I can't say it's the best catch ever. Because look, Lewis, thank you, help. Thank you, Lewis. You kept the ball off the ground. Because if Lewis is not there, maybe it falls. His, his body helped cushion it temporarily. He needed a little bit of a cushion before he can control it. And Lewis, look, look, look at what look at Lewis provides for him. Okay. He's like Lewis got his hands right on the ball. You try to qualify. Lewis got his hand on the ball. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. And then, and then here's the other thing. With Odell Beckham, and I'm not taking anything away from Beckham, but we have seen so many people since Beckham have Odell Beckham-type catches. None have been... Yeah. I didn't think Pickens was uh, against the Browns, I think it was on Thursday night, was better than Odell, but it was Odell-esque. I don't think we are ever going to see, ever going to see a better better catch than that. We may see other ones like that, but I'm sorry Woo. that like that that needs a that there's a, there's immaculate reception. I'll, and listen, immaculate reception. And here's Nat texting me. Not a great Nat catch. trying to get Nat talking about Tyree. Tyree still got to be the best catch because of the stakes. I said best catch versus significant is two different things in my mind. Yes, it was a Super Bowl, but physically he pinned it up against his helmet. Great catch, miraculous catch, especially for the caliber that David Tyree was or wasn't as a case it may be. Justin Jefferson going backward with another dude with two hands on the ball. You ain't supposed to be able to catch that ball. That's, it's inexplicable. I would That's say best, me. best catch of the worst throw. <laughs> okay. Other <laughs> catches, like the throw, the throw was actually in the neighborhood. That was such a terrible uh, throw from Kirk Cousins. He put it in the area. He said, yeah, he said, I'm going to throw it up throw. to you. But when you got Justin Jefferson, that's what you do. That's called catch radius. Yeah. You know that. By the way, Justin Jefferson, I want to say, we always say Derek Carr is the quarterback, a brother from another. Justin Jefferson is the official wide receiver, a brother from another. We had a chance to talk with him when we were in LA before the Super Bowl. Great, yeah. great yeah. being in conversation with that guy. LSU and he just. Them damn just, all of them just do crazy stuff. All of them. just keeps getting better. Keeps getting better. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting for him. 150 yard games for his first three years and he ain't even through get three yet. Yeah, he's had a couple of uh, he's had some some great games this year, but but recently he had a little bit of a touchdown slump. Yeah, and, and now he's back. He you know, uh, slump. In, in quotes, relative, relative, but yeah. I, so I think he started off the year. It's funny how his years turn out. He started off the year after game one. I said that's the best receiver in football. Yeah. Philadelphia, Darius Slay, got was you know in his feelings. He felt like he was being disrespected when Philly played. Their only loss to Philly when Philly played <clears throat> Minnesota, and he had a really good game against Jefferson. And so Jefferson, we kind of, kind of, he got quiet for a little bit, but I think we're back to the beginning of the uh, season conversation. If you ask me to pick one, I know it's not just this game. If you ask me, pick a guy, pick the best receiver in football. I'm going right there, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, no, today, today that's hard to argue. Um, I don't know if we can argue or agree, but we'll come back to this game because I, I don't really know where you stand on the Vikings. It's been so long. It's been a couple weeks since I did the show. I'm not quite sure where yeah. you are on the Vikings. I know the last time I was on, I was apologizing for forgetting to mention them among the good teams. But I know I'm not alone. I haven't been alone and uh, overlooking yeah. them. That day is dead. Oh, yeah. We don't roll like that no more with this team. But uh, we'll come back to that yeah. later. Why don't you ask me where I am on the bill? <laughs> well, that too. That too. Oh, well, I think I know. <laughs> What are you so upset about at the last round of regulation there coming off? Every single play call, probably. Is there a reason those play calls were upsetting to you? Yeah, I feel like we were like 30 yards from end of the game in regulation. And also felt like it was two minutes, so I was going to be calling those, and I was in a pretty good rhythm. Obviously, didn't have a ton of attempts tonight, but it felt like I was in a pretty good rhythm. I felt like I threw the ball just about exactly where I wanted to tonight. And so I wanted a chance to go win the game. Charles Robinson, most <laughs> quarterbacks, most quarterbacks, <laughs> after they call uh, their head coach everything but a child of God in full view of the world, 
most quarterbacks may say something along the lines of, hey, you know, that happens. Competitive. <laughs> you know, I'm, that's between me and Matt. Okay, that's private. Yeah. My man yep. said just about every play call. So my question to you, Charles, is is that just Aaron being Aaron and heat of the moment, or is that representative right. of he and Matt's relationship and a larger issue in Green Bay? He has told us. I don't understand why we don't just accept it for what it is because he said it. Uh, he said it in every way except for how he just said it there. He wants to run the offense. He doesn't want to run the motion offense that Matt LaFleur wants to run. He wants to run something tempo. He wants to run something West Coast. And he said right there, two minute. We were X yards away, two minute offense. I call that offense. And I'm going to call mm-hmm. a tempo offense that's not going to have motion. And when that happened, when he like flipped out, I, I looked at it and I backed it up and I started to watch kind of what the play calls were. It was when you watched it, it was because uh, the, the last play in that drive, right before he flipped out, I think he had to yeah. wait to let yeah. someone get set. And I think that's what set him off is he was like, nobody should be moving. We should just move up, get to the line. I call it. Nobody's shuffling around. I'm picking where the ball's going. Let me run this offense. That's it. He's saying it over and over and over again. He thinks he is a better OC than Matt LaFleur right now. That's it. Period. (laughs) That's all he has not said. That is the one sentence he has not said. I am the best OC on this team. That's it. Well, but, but you're right, though, Charles. It's easy for us to deduce that or infer that because we know he thinks he's the smartest person in the room, regardless of the subject. Well, why would he not think now. he's a better he's, person? But no, but why would he not be better? Why would he not think that? Of course he thinks that. <laughs> okay. And, and listen, I will say this, too, by the way. Jeff Saturday started a week, okay, on Tuesday. Yeah. He didn't know who his offensive play caller was. He didn't know who his quarterback was. But apparently he clearly told Ursay. Hey, you know what? Guess who the guy is who probably knows our offense best and should be the quarterback and should probably be calling most of the offense. It's Matt Ryan. That's how they won that game. So, like, I don't, I I said this and I wrote this weeks ago. Aaron Rodgers wants to run the offense. Just give it to him and see what happens. Like, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then you can tell him to shut the up. That's it. Well, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett's been exposed coming from here. Countless coaches have been exposed because that's because he's been running the offense pretty soon. He's going to be Bill Russell Michael and he's going to be a player coach because now Jeff Saturday <laughs> <actually> coming from, <laughs> from, from being a broadcaster and now and now he the head coach Aaron's like shit. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey, listen, yeah. but you mentioned it. Hey, Charles, you already mentioned it. We talked about Saturday earlier. Uh, I, I was watching. He can never tell from a post game locker room scene. I know I'd be in there and be like, this dude just got here yesterday. What's he talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you, man. I don't even know yeah. you, man. What's your name again? Jeff what? Yeah, Jeff yeah. Saturday? Yeah. All right. Yeah. But how does that, how do you think he is connecting uh, with those players? And is it over for the Colts? I mean, they are four, five, and one in a kind of wide open AFC. This, what do you see there? I, I, I'm telling you, um, the Matt Ryan thing is significant to me because Matt Ryan was yeah. benched by Jim Irsay, okay? And I don't think there's anybody in that locker room who realistically believed they had the best. And this is... That's a froze. That's a freeze. That's a Zoom era. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's early days right there. That's early days of Zoom. Once, once Reich went oh, out the door... Is. Now we're back. One, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. So look, no, no it's not your bad. You're not in charge. You're not in charge of your own internet. <laughs> you ain't charge of Wi-Fi. I mean, technically, I am. <laughs> Listen, once Reich went out the door, um, once Marcus Brady wasn't on staff, it was Matt Ryan knew that offense best. Everybody in that locker room knew that. And so, to me, the fact that he made that decision is it was it was a coach CEO moment. Okay, not a hey, I've been here since camp. Not a I'm in the trenches with you guys and I know this offense better than you. It was, I'm going to be the CEO and I'm going to delegate to who I think has the knowledge and put that person in position on the field. So from the standpoint of one decision, and that's it, just one decision, I will say I think he made the right one decision there. And I guarantee you, at at least the players, winning that game felt good, okay? It felt good. I mean, the staff could still be pissed because 
they all got passed over for Jeff Saturday, but for the players themselves, they're all out there to win games, and that had to at least make them feel good to be able to walk out of that one. Conversely, everything about the Raiders is bad. Talk about feeling bad. We referenced it earlier in the show. Um, maybe everybody heard it, but it's worth hearing again if you have. Uh, here's Derek Carr and Devontae Adams on the state of the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, I love I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, I'm, oh, sorry. to finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off. About some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard. Knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we can be there for each other. <laughs> and I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. If I'm being honest. Got to stay the course, man. It's, it's, it's easier said than done, but just got to stay the course. Got to have everybody on the same wavelength. Everybody's got to go out there and put everything into it. You know what I mean? Throughout the week, and then Sunday's supposed to be fun, and that's the least fun day of the week right now. So uh, that's a problem. We got to we got to fix that. You guys got to play for one another, play a, a full game, and you know that's, that's 60 minutes from start to finish, coming out starting fast, and then closing our games, making plays when when you know taking on that burden, wanting to be the guy that uh, you know or the or wanting to be on offense when, it, when it's time or wanting the ball or, or wanting to shut it down when you're on defense, just wanting to be the guy to make the play. And, you know, I just don't got enough guys that are, that are fully bought into that right now. And I think people like the idea, but when it's time to actually execute, it's, it don't turn out that way. Charles, what's wrong with the Raiders? Or better yet, what's the solution no. to their problems? I mean, that's two team leaders right there saying that their guy's not buying into the program right not doing when you talk about having to prepare all week and then having to execute and buy in on Sunday you're talking about the locker room. and I know everyone's focused on McDaniels right now and rightfully so this is a this is a terrible awful start especially when you lose to Jeff Saturday and and the Colts even though wow. you know it's not a one-for-one -one with co with coaches but I thought it was bad last week when they lost to Jacksonville yeah I mean it's look it's this is layers here, okay? I think there was a misassessment on Josh McDaniel's part, probably Dave uh, Ziegler's part when they went in that there, there was more work to be done here and it was more of a micro-rebuild than they thought. The offensive line, you know, there's two holdovers from last season and the line's not playing well. Renfro, Darren Waller, you get, you've gotten basically nothing from them this season, which has deeply impacted the offense. Um, the yeah. defense is playing horribly they dumbed it down in terms of what the schemes they ran on Sunday were extremely simple schemes and still got beat um yeah. you're not getting anything out of Chandler Jones but to me just to hear two team leaders stand up there and say and and remember they had to have like a players meeting um yeah. to say they feel like there's guys not buying in and playing the 60 minutes they need to play on Sunday that's that's yeah. indicative of this not just being a coaching problem it's a there's a, a player problem it's a culture problem it's a, it's a cultural, cultural problem as well. Perfect word. I think, yeah, yeah. I think the, bottom, the bottom line is we got to stop saying the Raiders just lost a game they shouldn't lose. No, they're just not that good. Hey, we got a couple minutes left right. before we got to let you go. Um, That's right. I want to sneak in a two for one on mm -hmm. two quarterbacks who there were a lot of questions about and right now look like superstars. So I'm using, I'm, I'm intentionally being hyperbolic when I ask these two questions because that's how much fun it is to watch these two kids play. Is Tua talking about Loa's Miami Dolphins offense, the best offense in football right now? Mike McDaniel, when he has Tua talking about Loa, 
and it's Justin Fields, the best running quarterback we've ever seen. <laughs> because he's putting up numbers we've never seen. Apologies to Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick. But really, those two guys just break down their leap forward this season. Well, Miami's undefeated when two is starting, right? That's pretty amazing. It's a, it's to be undefeated when when two is your starting quarterback this season is a stat that I think a lot of people are missing. Um, I will say Chris Greer, the general manager there, uh, probably did as good a job as anybody I can remember in any offseason at looking at his quarterback and saying, let me go get the assets that to, to pair with him. And then not yeah. only that, you, you, you brought in a head coach in Mike McDaniel, and this should not be downplayed because Flo did not, Brian Flores did not believe in Tua. Okay, did not. Did not thought did not thought not he was a soft him. player. Okay, straight. I'll just say it. I don't care. I'm out that. there. Tua does. That affirmation. Yeah. And Mike McDaniel connects. He connects with him. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and he believes in him more than the owner and more than the past coach did, right? I think that's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. off, their offense is exquisite. I think it's fantastic. I think Mike McDaniels was straight up as a coach of the year candidate. Uh, it blows my mind how well he's done out of the box. Justin Fields, I can't even explain it. I really can't. A month Dude. ago, it's like a month ago, I thought they're destroying it. They're ruining him. He might not even be on this yep. team next year. Now he looks like Michael Vick. Like, I don't even right. know. It's crazy. I've never seen like anything Cam, like this. Cam Newton meets Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's, he's running over people yeah, and past too. them. It's just, he's, man. You don't want to tackle him. Like, never, bigger, he, he has a like, gear. No, he might okay, be the okay, best because he's bigger than those other guys. Michael Holly, right. but but Mike Michael Holly. Okay, but look at the when he ran that long touchdown run, right? I think it was Kirby Joseph. If you go back and you watch, he is so fast. His gear is so different than any other player on the field in that moment, and he makes a directional change, really small. But to him, it looked like it was the easiest second to sixth gear shift. Like nothing. I watched it and I backed it up and watched it again. And I'm like, is that is crazy? And it literally looked like everybody was in slow motion. He was just like, yeah, everything is slow around me. It's like the mate, like watching the matrix when Neo figures out the matrix. That's what it felt like when oh, you watched it. Oh, oh, this, this, this one. <laughs> no, no question. No question. No, man. The dude, well, let me ask you real Michael, quick. Michael, you watched him at Ohio State. I didn't know he had this at Ohio. State. I didn't either. Maybe he didn't, didn't. do it. Maybe. Maybe he didn't do it as much. I don't know, but he didn't this have dude to. is next level. Yeah, he didn't have to have yeah. this at Ohio State. Yeah, he didn't have to. I think he has to have this now. This yeah. is something that he's developed. Real quick, Charles, uh, who wins the AFC East? Who's your winner? Call it right now. Winner of the AFC AFC East. I still think it's Buffalo. Okay. I think Buffalo win it out. I think they win. Okay. 0-2 in the division. Appreciate you, bro. Trail of Miami with a loss. I think they'll pick it up. A lot of football to be played. Okay. Hey, All Michael, right. you should see Charles's. Michael, by the way, you should, see, you should see Charles's fantasy roster. He has a juggernaut. He's got the infinity gauntlet. Thank you for Christian Watson. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Michael, a couple of weeks, as you know, of course, I was uh, in Tampa for the Thursday night game, the loss to the Raiders, and and that loss, or the Ravens, I beg your pardon, Baltimore Ravens, and that loss was one to uh, their third in a row, I want to say, and it felt like they had hit rock bottom. It felt like 2002, which I know you remember well, last time yeah. a Brady team did not make the playoffs. It just felt like the Bucks were out of answers. Well, since then... They've won two games, including in Germany, over the plucky Seattle Seahawks, and now they're sitting at five and five, uh, heading into their bye week. And we say hello to our friend Ashley Ross, host of the Ashley Ross Show. Um, Ashley, last time I saw you, you were in Tampa with me, um, and we saw how dejected Brady and the Bucks were after that game. Have they turned it around, in your opinion? I think that they have. 
I think that they have because the day after that game, it was announced that the divorce was finalized. So now all the personal things that were surrounding him can kind of get pushed to the side. And now they can really just focus on the play of football. And look, one thing we've learned after 20 something years, it's you do not count Tom Brady out. I don't care what the record is. I don't care how bad they look. Somehow, some way he finds a way. And that's what he did in Germany. What you think, Mike? Uh, I think I still might be counting them out. <laughs> I, 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 I still might be. I, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, that division, that division's a trip. I, I love the NFC South, Ashley, and I know one of the losses uh, that the Buccaneers have had is to the Panthers. And I think that game in Week 17, I, it called me crazy. That Panthers, Panthers are dangerous. They're mm-hmm. a dangerous team. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the Buccaneers are just going to win this division outright. I, I still got the Falcons uh, having something to say about it, and the uh, and the uh, and the Panthers too. Now, do you think do you think that's crazy that the Panthers or Falcons might be able to challenge the Bucks for the uh, top of the NFC South? It is crazy, but then this year football has been crazy. I don't have much confidence in. Atlanta because they're overachievers, right? No one really expected them to do much of anything. It was a bunch of guys who really are on their second chance trying to probably prove their next contract or next opportunity. Then you have Carolina. They went for like a fire sale. And then all of a sudden, I just think, to be honest, it's great culture and coaching. So shout out to Steve Wilkes. The fact that they've been able to rattle off wins here and there. So when you look at Tampa, they have they still have weapons they still have tom brady i do understand that they've had some hits at the defense but they still have a strong enough unit in that division that i would put my money on them in that division i'm somewhere in between i i would pick tampa if you force me to pick but i don't think carolina I, i'm with you on carolina maybe it's recency bias i was just there they didn't have a fire sale they only traded mccaffrey they kept all the other guys they didn't want to throw in a towel on the season and get rid of their young players and, and and Steve Wilkes has got those guys playing hard, tough football. I wouldn't count them out, but I'm with you, Ashley. I, I would bet on Brady. And if he gets in the playoffs, we'll see what happens. Speaking of craziness, craziness though, you talked about this crazy season. Not, no game has been wilder than Bills Vikings. So, Michael, I'll ask you first before Ashley, because I know you've been wanting to get these jokes off. For you, was that more <laughs> about the Vikings or was that about the Bills? I'm asking you an open-ended question, knowing no. the answer I'm going to get. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, look. No, it is about the, the Minnesota Vikings are an elite team. They're an elite team in the NFL, not just in the NFC, in the NFL. We we keep waiting for them to collapse. They don't. They've got a lot of weaponry. They've got uh, a, a lot of playmakers. So I'm giving them the props. I like to win that game yesterday. They were down. They should have lost that game early. Twenty-seven. When Dalvin Cook had the eighty-one yard run, I thought, "Oh, that's nice. Uh, that's that's good for somebody in fantasy football. It's not going to have any impact on the bottom line." And it did. So the Vikings are a real team. Now Buffalo. Now let me just say, <laughs> having, having, having said saying, all that, <laughs> okay. Everybody keeps saying like, you know, hey, watch out for Buffalo. They got you know Super Bowl favorites. They got so much talent. Josh place, Allen already seed Buffalo. Josh Allen already has ten interceptions. Josh Allen has, I think, three fump, three lost fumbles so far. They haven't won a game in, the, in their division. They're six and three. They're a game behind Miami. Miami has a game in hand against them. So, uh, and, and the Jets have beaten them as well. So I mean, I just, I think we just kind of. And Charles did it when we had him on. Oh yeah, they'll figure it out. No, I think I think the Bills. I think their problems are a little deeper than than what we're saying because we just believe that Josh Allen magically is going to figure it out. I think what we found out, Ashley and Mike, is that the Bills they have Josh Allen, but they got a lot of other problems too. Ashley. I I 100% agree with you, Michael. I feel like this was a crown me game. And the two games this season, the Miami game and this game, the two games that I was looking at for Buffalo to really take that step, to take that surge. Coming into the season, that's all we heard. Buffalo, they're Super Bowl contenders. And I kind of felt like it was a little bit premature because Kansas City, although they had lost Tyreek, 
they were still Kansas City with Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid. So with Buffalo, the fact that they couldn't pass this test, and then I feel like they fumbled the bag against Miami. This does not bode well for my confidence thinking that Buffalo is a team that can fully execute. They'll be in the dance. They'll get to OT. They'll, they'll get there with you. But they have yet to prove to me that they can take that next step that a real, real contender should take. Now, on the flip side, the Vikings, I was one of those people. I thought the Vikings were kind of fraudulent. You know, the NFC North, it's struggling. I think Green Bay with their win, they go to four wins. But they had such a large lead in that division. So, I looked at the Vikings prior to yesterday as, oh, they're they're out there, but I don't really super believe in Kirk Cousins, although I do on Sundays when he's playing on my fantasy team. But I think <laughs> overall the Vikings, they did take a step in that game, but it is hard to determine, was it the Vikings truly winning that game or was it the Bills fumbling that game? So it's a little bit of both, but shut it's up. It's always just both. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah. both. The answer, the answer is usually both. Answer. As right answer is always both, as always. Right? We appreciate it. Thank you. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Mike, I just don't understand why, won't, why they won't consider it. Full-time officials, why not? Why not? Why won't they consider it? They say it's not going to make things better. Why not just think about it, right? Does that make sense? It makes too much sense. May not make enough dollars, though. Kind of like why they won't get rid of the, the, the slip field, artificial turf, money. Or maybe they just like us getting upset about it. Maybe it kind of adds to the Okay, that, that's, that's possible. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.